Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J. All right, we're back. We are back. Impact-driven entrepreneur. <laughs> we have Mariana Ruiz on today, and we're going to be talking about what culture has to do with impacting uh, a business. We're going to go through a couple things. And if, so here's, here's, here's the thing. You guys know I love culture, and I started out a lot of shows probably saying that very, the very same thing. What's really interesting to me is meeting new people and gaining their, their perspective um, to share with, with you. And the reason why I feel that this is so important in getting so many different um, viewpoints or insights from people is because uh, we don't know what we don't know. And we may have good organizations, we may have an incredible culture, um, but there's always a way to improve. And for me, I geek out on this stuff. I, I, I absolutely adore my staff. They are unbelievable. Um, but I know there's always ways that I can improve. And they teach me every single day. Every time we're communicating, I always learn. And I just want you, uh, as you're consuming this episode today, to open up your, your ears. As you all know, my word for the year is listen. Listen intently and soulfully to engage notably. Uh, that's my little acronym that I set up for the word listen. Um, you have two ears and one mouth, right? So listen to your staff and listen today. Just kind of take it in and uh, check yourself and see if you're doing some of these things. And if not, heck, go with it and try it. You know, try and do some of these and implement these things. And it could be challenging, could be new, it could be exciting and fun. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Mariana before we bring her on here. She's a certified business coach and consultant and an international best-selling author. Whoa. She helps seasoned coaches and consultants scale their businesses, grow their businesses by creating and launching their profitability group coaching programs. She uses her background in brain science, hospital administration, and 12 years of marketing, sales, and business experience to help you get results for your clients at scale market in a way that attracts your ideal clients and convert followers to group coaching clients through service-based selling. She's been featured in various podcasts, blogs, and online courses, including the Huffington Post, Today.com, and the Millionaire Insider Extravaganza. And through working with hundreds of businesses, she's empowered them to increase their profit and serve more people all over the world with group coaching. You can catch her podcast, the Impact Driven Entrepreneur podcast, on her site, impactdrivenentrepreneur.com. And she's also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, or Google Play. What's going to be exciting about this, I'm going to be introducing you to Mariana, and we are going to draw a parallel as to 
what she does and how that impacts culture. Um, so without any further ado, Mariana, welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Hi, great to have you, or great to be here. Thank you for having me, Jamie. Oh my gosh, it's it's an honor. I'm, I'm super pumped and excited to talk with you a little bit about this. I wonder if maybe um, before we get started, you can tell me a little bit more about why you came up with Impact Driven Entrepreneur. Yeah, so basically, um, how it, it was like a windy road, but uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was basically a child. Um, my parents were both professors. So I went the school route and I said, what do I want to do? Um, being that I read my first neurosurgery book when I was 16, I went into the medical field. So I, um, right out of nursing school and I wanted to practice right away. So I went to nursing school and then got, uh, started working on my master's right away to be a nurse practitioner. And, um, so, uh, I, graduated and started working in the neurosurgical ICU. I loved it. Um, the culture there was not uh, <laughs> what I wanted at all. <laughs> um, I, I've heard stories. <laughs> yes, a lot. And um, But what I did realize is that I wanted to climb up that corporate ladder and really be a part of the administration and the business side because of that entrepreneurial spirit that I've always had. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was about to oversee three hospitals in South Texas when, um, that same week that I was asked to step into that position, my daughter was born at just two pounds, um, in the ICU, (laughs) very sick. Wow. And, um, because I had a little side entrepreneurial, when you're an entrepreneur, you just can't stop that, you know? So I had the side coaching business and in your blood. Yeah. I went all into that side hustle and turned it into my full-time gig. Um, and so basically over time, I started, I started with just coaching moms because that's the position I was in. You know, Mm -hmm. I was a mom, I had young kids when I started my, my coaching practice to really full-time and I started accepting male clients. And I thought to myself, what is the thing (laughs) that is of compelling me to really take on these male clients. And for me, it was that making a difference, right? It comes back to that nursing background, that really wanting to help and serve. And so that's what the the branding is, um, has been for about a year and a half, almost two years now. Um, But I really, really love what I get to do. And it's really all about helping businesses to make a bigger difference in the world with their work. Yeah. So uh, before I ask, you know, there's going to be two things. I want to know kind of what the impact is from a cultural point of view on Mm -hmm. how you can build that, um, but also um, about the mission and not selling and what that impact is. But before I do that, um, I I read something here in in the bio and it says, um, where was it at? Let me see your background in brain science. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Does that contribute to what you do today from a psychological point of view? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like most of the work that we get to do starts between our ears. Right. It starts with us being aware of our thoughts, being aware of what Mm. our brain is thinking. And then there's different, I mean, we can get really down that rabbit hole, but there's different areas of your brain. Right. And so I like to look at 
your primitive brain, like that part of you that like tries to um, sabotage everything that you're really going for. Um, I look at that. That's a primitive. Who am I? Right. Right. Who am I to even start this company? Who am I to really lead? Imposter syndrome. Right. That all that, that's hide. Right. Like that is the, the primitive side of your brain, but that's not really you. And so um, on the other side, we have the cerebral cortex, which is like the rational thinking, planning human side mm-hmm. of our brain, not the reptilian side. Right. Mm-hmm. And that part of our brain is the part that can plan, that can execute, that can really think and do things intentionally. Like you started with your intention for the year. Right. That is your most uh, beautiful like part of your brain working to set the plan and the tone for the whole year. Mm. Right. And mm. so um, a lot of the, Oh, I'm sorry. My alarm went off. What is that? Um, so a lot of what, what I do with coaching has to do with really managing that side of our brain mm. that uh, is kind of sometimes at odds with our planning more, uh, more, intentional side yeah yes you, you know you were talking about that and, and this so when i first started this episode today I, I i wanted to make clear on the correlation between culture i'm really 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 focused on maintaining uh this podcast uh, uh, and keeping it uh on on a on a, on a level to where we actually talk about culture. Now there's certain strategies that we can implement, but we really want this to be on culture. But what you just said, I think is a basic foundation of what someone needs to understand or comprehend in order to even begin thinking about culture. Um, and, and, and so one of the things that you, you said was, uh, it made me think of the disc profile, you know, there's that adaptive state or the natural state. Mm-hmm. And on the natural state is that's that's who you are when you're kicking back at the house, right? And with people that you know, the adaptive state, you kind of tweak your face a little bit or how you present yourself when you're in front of people or at work. There's a little bit different personality that comes into play there. Yeah. Um, I wonder, maybe can you talk a little bit about that and, 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 and in relation to um, creating a mission, say? Yes. Yeah. So, um, I think, um, well, f- so it's, in- I love disc too. Uh, I yeah. use it with my employees and stuff. Yeah. Too. Um, and I think like the ability for us to really get into the intentional state has more to do with, um, our brain management, right? So how much are we letting that side of ourselves that is more primitive run the show, right? And that is true mastery over brain control, right? And like, yeah, I mean, and that's, and and here's the thing I think that as leaders that we never even consider, but it has so much to do with culture. We struggle to do that for ourselves, right? And we're intentionally growing. We're always intentionally seeking the next, you know, like how can we grow? How can we expand? How can we be better? Our employees are doing the same thing, and yet they may not always have that drive on the disc profile, right? They may not always have that drive to be better, um, and so we can use that to motivate them, right? Mm. We can say, you know, how can we, you know, we can coach them in essence, right? We can coach them. We can use questions to prompt them to think 
at a higher level for themselves. Um, and really to start to be aware is the first aspect of that, right? What, how much time am I spending in my hide brain versus my, you know, jackal side of my brain, right? Yeah. And um, how well am I really managing hide? Is Hyde running the whole show? <laughs> um, and so we can really start with ourselves, I think. And then the next step is really starting to be aware that, it, you know, everyone I think is a good person. You know, I mean, that's my fundamental truth, right? So I think everyone's a good person. Your employees are doing the best they can, right? How can we get them to see that, um, they can use those parts of their brain that are already working great and just use them more, right? And mm. like using that intentionally. So how, how do you do that? I coach them. <laughs> so I'm a coach, so I just right. coach people. <laughs> so so how, yeah. how, what, what are some of the first steps? So someone's listening right now and they're mm-hmm. thinking, oh man, that's cool. How do I, how do, I do that? Well, yes. so, you pick up the phone and call Mariana, but- <laughs> Yeah. To start, I do every single week, I do a coaching call with each of my employees. Now my team is small enough where I can do this. Okay. If it was bigger, like when I was at the hospital, for example, I couldn't like be on a 30 minute call every week with every single. Team? Uh, my team right now is four people. Okay. Small. And so um, you, you, do you have a coaching call with each of them each week? Yes, okay. each of them each week. And then we have a team call, of course. Um, but having that coaching call allows for me to see, okay, where is their jackal brain getting in the way of getting the things done they need to do? So and it, it remind example, me of jackal brain again? Jackal brain, like primitive, the primitive uh-huh. side of the brain, okay. right? So for example, if um, I have a, a person who's supposed to be, uh, sh- one of the things she does is get me on these podcast interviews, right? So is she making up stories and thinking that, you know, oh, we just can't get on that kind of show. Oh, I don't know if we're going to be good enough for that. Or I don't know if we can really add value here, right? Those are all self-sabotaging thoughts. Assumptions. Or, uh, and assumptions, right? And so maybe we got a rejection. Okay. Is she thinking that, you know, that's a forever no, or that she's not doing great at her job. Those kinds of things are going to implement her mindset and how she shows up to do the job, not just this week, but forever. And so if I can get her to be aware of those thoughts, or if I can pick it up and she's saying, and I'll say, okay, how was your week? Um, it was great, but you know what, this one show, I don't know, they just said this, this and that, and you know, they were so upset, and I say, okay, what are you making that mean, right? Because that's really where the rub is. If you understand what people are really making something mean, then you understand where they're operating from. And so mm. if she's making it mean, okay, I suck at pitching, well, we have a problem, we have to really work on that. Right. And so... Um, that's how I do it. I just really coach them every single week. And then as you can see, when they're being coached along the work, um, they're going to be able to execute at a much higher level. So, you know, what's interesting there too, is you have, you have four people on staff, mm-hmm. which is, which is fantastic for us. We have, we have 16. It's a little bit harder for us to do something like that, but we meet twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, one of my buddies uh, that I was talking to Gabe, he, he sets up 
like managers because he has a bit, bit bigger mm-hmm. organization as well. But you can yeah. still do the meetings with those managers and the managers in turn can do that. I think this is huge uh, because this is what you just said. Um, you asked the question, what? And I was paying attention really close to hear how you were going to say that. And to me, that is huge. I get rid of those why questions. Well, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Instead, what makes it a little bit, makes you have to think a little bit more, but I think on the other end of things, it's, it's constructive, but it's a lot easier for them to uh, let their balls down, so to speak, and yeah. not feel as, as, as bad. But here's the other part, and I'd love to have your comment on that one, but the other part of that too is, this is a, because when you first start out, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know what some of those hurdles may be. But as you growing, say you have a bigger team and that could be 20 people, 30 people, 100 people, it doesn't matter. As you're growing, you can implement these questions to learn more and more and more as the time comes. But you can also set people up with expectations because you're more experienced now. And Absolutely. I think that's a really important aspect of it too. Absolutely. Yes. Everyone on my team has KPIs that they must meet. Mm -hmm. Right. So that comes from me in the hospital world. Right. Like I couldn't just show up to my at my last gig at the hospital before I was KPIs just key performance (laughs) indicators. Right. (laughs) So I couldn't I mean, we had a very clear like the length of stay for uh, for this type of diagnosis is two days after two days. The insurance is not going to pay. So that is our metric. That is our gold star. We need to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. And okay, it looks like this doctor we're getting to an average of five days. We need to have some talks with him. Right. How can we reduce the length of stay for that patient? Right. So it's always working off what is the gold North star? And then what are we doing to move there? Um, I think I want to say one thing about the why question. Sometimes you really want to figure out why, but the reason we need to figure out why is more about what is their thought process. So I like to ask the question, what caused you to, Mm. because then you can get to what is the thought process that caused that. And it's not about, it's again, like just, trusting that humans are beautiful, amazing humans, right? And so yet what situations they may be looking at incorrectly could be causing them to behave a certain way, right? So what caused you to, Yeah. See, when you say what caused you to, now it's the onus is put on something outside of them affected them. When you say, why did you or why, now all of a sudden it's on them, right? Right. So this, I'd love, I'd love breaking this down because it's, it's so minute and you don't really think about it, but it has such a huge impact, huge impact, no pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it was, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. So you said to that gold star that now that gold star could be vision or it could be staying true to your mission. Is that, right. is that kind of what you were representing when you were talking about gold star or, or am I off there? Were you talking about um, something else? It depends. I mean, for me, I think of the gold star, each employee has a gold star metric for them that is moving the whole mission forward, okay. if that makes sense. So yeah. for me, like, what is the difference you want to make in the world with your business and then figure out, okay, how is each employee actively working towards that? And mm. when they know that they're bought in. You got them. You know what I mean? Like, and that is going to help them feel like they're part of the mission. Then they're not like that fake 
I've heard you talk about this in past episodes, right? Like, how do you get someone who's not just fakely yeah. um, going to know what your mission statement is, but instead is truly bought in? And for me, it's been that. It's like, decide what the difference is you want to make and then make sure each employee knows that how they're contributing every day is moving them, moving us forward mm. to make that mission possible. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's important. Um, so these meetings that you have, do you talk to them about flexibility or boundaries uh, with regards to the decision-making process? Um, can you, can you clarify what you mean by sure. that? So I'm, I'm always curious because um, one of the things I like to do is uh, have people kind of, on, on people, the, our team, our staff, um, or clients, doesn't matter. Um, I always want to make sure that we're doing everything we can for them, but that they feel confident in, in knowing that their voice matters, mm. no matter where they are in, in the hierarchy uh, within the organization or the clients. And in order to do this, I feel it's important to give them some latitude to be able to make decisions, um, but there's a certain boundary that's defined. And we revisit this quite often. We just recently redid all of our roles and responsibilities. We revisit it once a year at a minimum uh, because roles change from time to time and we learn more and we, get, we grow and, and things like that. And so it's nice to give them a, a you know, they, they feel confident when we have our meetings, they know that they can speak up, they can, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, maybe challenge me, challenge the status quo, challenge the mission. I think that's really, really cool. And I wonder if there's anything that you do in your meetings with, with your staff or with your clients that kind of help maybe along those same lines, you know, help with decision-making processes and giving them the, the go ahead to say, Hey man, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's always on the table. Like if we don't, we are completely negating the front lines, right? It's like um, in the hospital, right? Like if, if we were to not listen to the nurses who are on the front line, guess what? They see the problems. They know what the problems are. If we were to ignore that entire segment, we could just completely destruct the company, right? So for me, it's like, absolutely there there has to be input from the front lines absolutely but then just like you said right we need to still make sure our ship is moving together so there are boundaries as to how much of that can be implemented but i always want to hear about it because there may be uh, like some weird bottleneck somewhere that like you'll never discover if you don't take that input in yeah yeah yeah, that's that's key. So, what it, what do you think is uh, uh, for somebody um, that's been doing this a while? They've got their organization going, and they they're feeling kind of blah, and they're just not, they're kind of stuck. And um, you know, they they need to like a you know some resuscitation or something in the in the company. What are some tips that you can give from a cultural point of view that can really help you know jumpstart or restart? an organization. Yeah, I think it goes back to going back to your why. 
Um, so I teach levels of impact. Um, there's five. Um, the first is like how you want your business to affect your own personal life. And I feel like this happens when we've already met most of our things there, right? Like we're like, we're happy. We can pay the bills. We're in the house we want. Like all those things start to, you know, really gel. And you're like, that's great. Guess what? There's more impact to be made. So how do you want to impact the world in terms of how many team members, right? Do you want to employ? How many um, lives do you want to change? And, and what is your mission on that, on that employee side, right? Um, for me, one of the things that obviously because of how I started my business is like being able to allow people to work from home was huge for me because I had mm. little kids, right? So I, that's a big part of my mission in terms of my employees, right? Um, so that aspect is important to me. What is it for you? What is it that you're giving these employees that you want to give more to more people? Um, and then the next level of impact is the difference that our work makes in the world, right? So are you selling something that helps others in some way and uh, has maybe like, you know, are, is it something that makes a difference in the environment? Is it something that changes the way people think, right? That's mine, right? But whatever it is, it's, you know, how is it changing your customers and being willing to sell to be able to make that impact bigger, right? Right. Um, we talked a little bit about that in the pre side. Um, and then, you know, giving back in terms of philanthropy, right? If you're getting to a place where your, your business is doing well and you're just not feeling the energy in it, how can you give back and track that, right? Mm. Um, so I know of people who um, they help families with providing clean water, right? And they have a number, like a tally on their website of numbers of families helped because of what they were able to contribute financially to this organization, the specific organization, right? That's so awesome. like there is, I mean, it gives me goosebumps because there is so much more that we can give um, if we just are intentional in creating that impact. Um, and then the final, the fifth layer is invisible impact, right? So are you willing to get up every day, be excited to be awake and alive because you know that what you're doing is making a difference, even if you may never find out all the ways, mm. right? Like that, just because I showed up today, something great is happening in the world. And I'm willing to allow that to be invisible. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We acknowledged that just waking up this morning was amazing. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've really been into stoicism lately. Um, and so it was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> right. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of stoicism. It's a, yeah. an old philosophy, right. But it's like when you start to think about all the things that we get to do, right. Like we are so lucky you that we get, get to, to. live. Right. Yes. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So before we wrap up today, I would love uh, for you to share how people can learn more about you and uh, how do they get in touch with you, uh, you know, to, to learn more about how they can uh, make a bigger impact in their business and their lives. Yeah. So come check out our show. It's called The Impact Driven Entrepreneur. And I teach a lot about a lot of this mindset stuff. And 
really uh, how to market and sell specifically around group programs, because I think group programs offer a very specific opportunity for us to make a difference um, in a more impactful way. That's fantastic. And and did you, you said you had a freebie or something that you wanted to yeah, if anyone, I mean, we didn't talk much about group programs, but um, if anyone wants to start a group program, I have a checklist for how to get started with group programs. Um, and these are group coaching programs. So it would be kind of like another aspect of your business, depending what business you're in. Um, but it's at impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash groups. Well, can you elaborate a little bit on that, what the group programs are about? Yeah, so basically... Um, this stuff that I'm doing with coaching, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. if you have a team that's bigger team, for example, you could coach them in a group. You don't have to do just one-on-one sessions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the same thing happens with your clients. So for my clients, for example, I do business coaching. So I do group programs. And what's fascinating about a group program, for example, is one business owner may ask a question that another business owner had no idea that they actually should be asking or could be asking. And so it's that group um, environment that allows for just so much more growth and transformation. So that's what group coaching is. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, Mariana, I can't thank you enough for stopping by today. Um, this is, this is, I love this. I love uh, getting in depth and, and talking about the thinking there and, 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 and mindset. I think it's, it's so critical, especially from a leadership, in a, someone in a leadership role. Um, and I shouldn't say especially because I think it's important for whether you're on the staff, uh, you're a team member, it doesn't matter. I think everybody should approach, um, for me anyways, um, whether or not I'm the leader, I want to show up and do 100% the best I can. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with mindset. Absolutely. So, yeah, I yeah, that was. Thank you so much for stopping by. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap? No, thank you so much for having me, Jamie. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. Yes, Mariana Ruiz. Ah, that's what, where are you in the world, by the way? Um, I am in Albany, New York. Uh, just Albany, outside. New York. Yeah, a couple okay. hours from New York City. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. How's the How's the weather out there right now? Freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cold. I hear you. All right. Well, thanks so much uh, for uh, uh, jumping on. And hold on one quick second. We'll go ahead and wrap. Uh, my name is Jamie J. I am the host of Culture Eats Strategy. Uh, yes, inspired by the late great uh, Peter Drucker. Um, and just had a I had a wonderful conversation with Mariana today. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, we'll put it all in the show notes. There, uh, we'll put all the links that she mentioned as well. Um, so. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Have a fantastic day. Oh yeah. Don't forget. If you like the show, uh, give us a rating review on iTunes. If you don't like the show, give us a rating review on iTunes. (laughs) I'd love to hear more on how we can improve. Thanks so much. Have a good one. 